Welcome back to The Daily Devotion. The Daily Devotion is a podcast for us to be strengthened in our faith through the study of Scripture and theology. That's our goal, that as we look at Scripture and as we look at theology, as we think about these grand ideas and and think about the gospel and, and reflect on God's Word, that you and I together might be strengthened in our faith couple of housekeeping notes. As I noted in the first, very first episode, the kind of introductory episode, uh, on Wednesdays, Westminster Wednesday, we're going to look at some doctrine from the Westminster Confession of Faith or the larger or shorter catechisms, and we're just going to kind of work through those doctrines in a devotional way, thinking about why uh, we believe these things and, and why it matters that we believe these doctrines. Another special day on the podcast is going to be Sundays. We can call it Sermon Sunday if you want. Uh, and on Sundays, what will be posted here on the podcast will be uh, the the sermons that are preached, that I preach here at Christ Church Conway. So on Sundays, it will be the weekly sermons from Christ Church Conway. You can watch those on our Facebook Live if you want to watch that live. It's, it's live streamed there on Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock. But we will post those here on Sunday morning. So Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we're going to work our way through various books of the Bible. Right now, we're looking at 1 Peter. And then on Wednesdays, we'll take a break from that and look at the Westminster Standards. And on Sundays, you will hear the sermon that I preach here at Christ Church Conway. So today, we're looking at 1 Peter. We began this study yesterday, and we're going to continue today. I'm going to read verses 3 through 12 this morning, but we're just going to look at the very first clause in in the ESV. It's the first sentence that is found there in verse 3. So let me pray for us, and then we will look at these verses together. We'll read these verses together and look at the the beginning of verse 3 this morning. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you have seen fit to preserve your word, that we may know you uh, as our Father through your Son, Jesus Christ, as your Spirit applies to us the benefits of our redemption, as he works faith in us, that we might believe in Christ and be justified before you. As we look at your word this morning, would you strengthen us by your spirit that I may speak in his power and that we may hear in his abilities. Give us, Lord, ears to hear that we may be strengthened in our faith by your word. We ask in Christ's most holy name. Amen. Well, let's look at uh, verses 3 through 12. I'm going to read all of these. As I said, this is one long sentence in the Greek that what is happening here is you've got this initial clause in verse 3 and then all of these subordinate clauses clauses that are really kind of giving explanation to and modifying that very first clause. So I'm going to read verses 3 through 12. We're just going to look at the beginning of verse 3 in detail. This is what Peter writes. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. 
Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves but you in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. Well, as I said, that's one big sentence in the Greek. It's broken up in English so that we can read it and understand it in our own language. But it begins with this announcement of blessing. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This announcement that God is worthy of blessing. This announcement that, that He is the Blessed One. It isn't so much a call to praise God, though that is one implication of what is happening here. That, that Peter is calling the people that he's writing to, these elect exiles, the people of God that have been scattered over Pontus and Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, that, that one implication is that they are to praise God, that they should bless God. But he's actually saying something kind of fundamentally about who God is, that he is the blessed one, that he is the one who is worthy of praise. So whatever kind of imperative summons to praise might be found here, it's found here not as a direct imperative, but as an obvious implication of the statement of who God is, that he is the blessed one. Now, this would have been a, an understandable, a common way for a Jew in the first century to talk. We see this kind of language throughout the Old Testament in Genesis 9, blessed be the Lord of, uh, you know, the God of, of our Father. Well, we see it in different places throughout the Old Testament, these statements that God, that Yahweh is the blessed one. But Peter adds something here. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He, he's announcing that this blessed one of the Old Testament, this one who is worthy of praise, who is worthy of honor, who is worthy of glory, who in himself is praiseworthy, that this one is is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And doing this, Peter is reminding them of the divinity of Christ, that, that Christ is the one in whom they find comfort because he is the blessed one. So that's what he's driving at. He, he announces the blessedness of God. And then the rest of verses 3 through 12 are announcing why God is the blessed one. It is showing us what it is that he has done that shows his blessedness to us. Sometimes we have a tendency to think that if we were really spiritual, we would just praise God just because of who he is, not because of what he's done for us. But, but really, that's a silly idea. Scripture everywhere presents God as worthy of praise because of what he's done for his people. See, what God does for his people is a necessary outflow of how he is. Th th those two ideas really 
aren't as separable as we try to make them when we make these kind of, you know, falsely pious statements that we should praise him because of how he is, not because of what he's done for us. Peter goes on, the very first thing we see, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again. Why are we calling him blessed? Why are we announcing him as the blessed one? Well, because he has caused us in his mercy to be born again, because he is the one who has given us life. Remember the context here. These were Christians that had been exiled for their faith. Peter reminds them that even in their exile, God is worthy of blessing. That that their exile doesn't diminish his blessedness, his praiseworthiness, because it doesn't diminish who he is. As we saw yesterday, they were elect According to the foreknowledge of God, they were elect exiles. In the, in the sanctification of the Spirit for obedience to Jesus Christ, we saw that, that their election, even in exile, was according to God's will and, and was for His purposes of sanctification and, and, and that they might learn obedience to Jesus Christ as they are brought in, sprinkled with the blood of the covenant that Christ mediates for us this new covenant, this covenant of grace. He's blessed. He's worthy of praise, both because of who he is and because of what he has done for us. The exile, the suffering that we face doesn't indicate anything about God's worthiness to be praised, about his blessedness. We see similar ideas as, as in the book of Revelation, as, as these blessings, these, these benedictions, or, or rather doxologies are announced in Revelation 4 and 5. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. There he's praised because he is holy and because he is eternally existent. Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. There he's worthy of praise, he's worthy of glory, because he has acted in creation. Verses 9 and 10 of chapter 5 in the book of Revelation, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and priest to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. He's worthy of praise because of war, of his work of redemption. Likewise, we see in verse 12, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Because of who he is and because of what he has done for his people that is an outflow of who he is, God is blessed. He is praiseworthy. He is worthy of our worship, worthy of our blessing. And Peter writes to remind the exiles of this even in the face of their suffering. The God that we serve is a God that is praiseworthy. Tomorrow we'll start unpacking some of these subordinate clauses and looking at why that is. I want to read the rest of verse 3 just so we begin to have an idea of what that is. I'll read this in closing. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope 
through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. God is blessed because even in our suffering, He has given us a hope that will not disappoint. May we learn to praise our God both for who He is and what He has done for us. And may we with these elect exiles learn to praise Him and consider Him blessed even in our suffering. I'll be back with you tomorrow. Until then, rest in Christ. Amen.